Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Anna. Good morning. And Danielson. Heyo. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you'd like to help us out, well, there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. For only $5 a month, which is 16 cents a day, you can sign up to our Patreon and get an extra episode each week. These Patreon episodes are exclusive to members only. Today, we released a Patreon-exclusive episode, which is a Theories Thursday Patreon exclusive. Also, we have over 37 extra episodes, which is over 60 extra hours already locked and loaded for your listening pleasure, such as the Bilderberg Group, Silk Road, CERN, Glitches in the Matrix, the Aerial School UFO Encounter, Disney Darkness, and much more. Would you get access to all of them? For just five bucks a month. Another way to support the show is through merchandise. Just teleport on over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click the shop button. Then you can see all the merch we have for sale. Shirts, hoodies, hats, all that good stuff. I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon and merchandise sales goes to bettering the show. Also, I know things are tough out there right now. So if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes, and that helps us out a ton. If you don't want to leave one, though, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, Martians, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses to get a hold of us individually. All right, so that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is over Kyle Odom. How this episode will go today is that we'll first tell you who Kyle Odom is, then we'll go into the shooting, and then into the backstory, his manifesto, the current happenings, some strange facts and findings, theories, and of course, wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. An ex-Marine who graduated magna cum laude and worked on genetics at a major university. One day in 2016, he shoots a pastor and mails off a manifesto to news stations and family. In his manifesto, he recounts his story of why he shot the pastor and what happened to cause him to do that. He claims that the world is run by interdimensional beings that have been here for millions of years. Beings that control every aspect of society. Was Kyle telling the truth? Did he have a mental illness? Or was the government testing out their new technology on him? So instead of us going into Kyle's story and background, we first need to cover the shooting that occurred to understand his background better. So Anna, can you start us off with that? 
So this all starts on March 6, 2016, in a North Idaho church parking lot. There in this parking lot, an individual named Kyle Odom sat in his car. Kyle was an ex-Marine who had served with the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing at Camp Pendleton for four years and had also deployed on a combat tour to Iraq. After the military, Kyle went to school for a degree in biochemistry, won numerous scholarships and awards, graduated magna cum laude, and then got invited to a prestigious university to work on genetics. To say the least, he had a lot of accomplishments in his life. But why was he sitting in a North Idaho church parking lot? Well, he was waiting for the pastor of the church, Tim Remington. So a few moments after waiting, the pastor left the church and started to walk towards his vehicle. At this moment, Kyle Odom stepped out of his vehicle, walked towards the pastor, and fired 12 shots from his 45 caliber handgun. Six of those hollow point bullets ripped through the pastor's back, shoulder, his right arm, pelvis, lung, and his head. After shooting the pastor, Kyle Odom fled the scene. He got an airplane ticket to Washington, D.C., which was over 2,000 miles away. So as he was flying to Washington, the police, of course, were searching for the shooter. They eventually figured out it was Kyle and issued a warrant for his arrest. After arriving in Washington, Kyle decided to write his manifesto and explain everything that was going on. Only two days later, Kyle went to the White House. Not to take pictures, but to deliver a message. To deliver his manifesto to no other than the President of the United States. So that night... At 8.27 p.m., Kyle walked to the south fence of the White House and threw documents and a flash drive over the fence. Of course, the Secret Service spotted this and quickly arrested him. The document and flash drive that was thrown over the fence by Kyle was a manifesto that he wanted delivered to the current president at the time, who was Barack Obama. A little side note here. Kyle also had mailed this manifesto to his family and the news outlets. In this manifesto, he explained why he killed the pastor, saying that he believed that Tim Remington, the pastor, was part of a vast alien conspiracy to enslave the human race. And much more. Alright, so I know this sounds a little crazy, but hear us out on this because it gets super interesting. So to understand why Kyle thought all this stuff, we have to dig into what happened to him and why he believed all this. And luckily, we have a copy of his manifesto, which outlines his entire story leading up to the shooting. So, Dan, do you want to start us off with that? All right. So at the start of his manifesto, Kyle outlines why he shot the pastor. We will quickly cover this first and then go into the backstory of his life and his experiences that led up to this point. Kyle starts off saying, My life was ruined. Ruined by an intelligent species of an amphibian humanoid from Mars. I wish I was joking. Keep reading. He then goes into some short bullet points. The first one is, They were here long before we ever existed. Their technology is millions of years more advanced than ours. I've seen them do things that defy all comprehension. 
They have a massive breeding stock of humans, which they breed and control from birth. They use these humans to live vicarious lives among us. They appear to be completely normal because they're good at imitating human behavior. The actual Martians live deep underground here and inside of the moon. They take control of wild human beings and use them as sex slaves. Don't believe me? Ask President Obama to take a lie detector test on this one. They tried to take me, but they were unable to control my mind. They've been following me ever since. I tried to get my life back. I begged and bargained and I threatened. Everything I tried to do was sabotaged. I attempted suicide twice, but they stopped me both times. My last resort was to take actions that would bring this to the public's attention. So after that last bullet mark, Kyle wrote, Read my story to learn what happened to me and why they targeted me, which is exactly what we're going to get into right now. And you need to hang on because this gets extremely weird and crazy. So prepare yourselves. All right. So Kyle starts off by saying, Everything started while I was at the University of Idaho. Spring of 2014 was my final semester, and I was taking a heavy course load. I was very stressed due to the intensity of my schedule, so I searched for a way to cope. I discovered meditation, which seemed to help, so it became a part of my daily routine. As I learned more about meditation, I became interested in consciousness and our ability to affect it. I kept working on my meditation techniques and began achieving extreme states of consciousness. This continued until I encountered another being through meditation. It happened one night in February 2014, and it was the most profound experience I've ever had. I was lying in bed, meditating, then suddenly left my physical body. I entered a space that was completely dark and had no awareness of my physical boundaries or orientation. I felt very peaceful there, until a blue light began to approach me. As the blue light got closer, I realized it was another being. Once I was in the being's presence, I felt an immediate sense of wrongdoing. It felt like I was being told, you shouldn't be here. I instantly conceded and felt guilty. Then I began to distance myself from the being. This had an impact on them and seemed to change their mind about me. The moment I began to distance myself from the being, I became overwhelmed by a feeling I can only describe as unconditional love. During this part of the experience, our minds became connected and I saw that the being was female. I then began to feel the most euphoric, comforting, and blissful feelings I have ever felt. It was incredibly powerful and life-altering. Next thing I knew, I woke up. I had tears in my eyes and I couldn't get out of bed. I felt a profound sense of loss like I'd just lost someone close to me. It was very painful. A few minutes later, the experience left my mind against my will and I went about my day. After that, I had no urge to meditate at all. Every time I even thought about meditation, the thought was stripped from my mind. When I finally did try meditating again, I was unable to achieve anything. I didn't think much of it at the time, but I knew it wasn't going to improve. Ultimately, I decided to give up on meditation and just focus on my classes. The remainder of the semester became exceedingly easy for me. It felt like I had tapped into some kind of power. 
I was exerting no mental effort even though the classes had been extremely difficult before. I had began to have complex thoughts and a depth of understanding I had never reached before. About a month later, I started interviewing at the graduate schools I had applied to. Shortly after the interview was done, I started receiving offers. I decided to accept the offer from Baylor College of Medicine to work on a PhD in human genetics. I was very excited about the opportunity to work at such a prestigious university. The future looked bright, and I couldn't wait to get started. Everything changed once I started the program. The moment I arrived, I could see flaws in every professor's research. My mind was so expanded that I could instantly understand the implications of entire research projects. Because of this, I was able to seek weaknesses in all the available projects. This caused me to become very concerned about what I was doing, and I felt like I was wasting my time. I voiced my concerns to my advisor, and he casually brushed them aside. He told me, just have fun, it'll be fun. I kept trying to get motivated, but things continued to get worse. I started seeing flaws in the foundations of genetics in other fields. It got to the point where I couldn't stop thinking about them. To make things worse, no one else seemed to care, which really bothered me. All these issues made it impossible for me to continue, so I decided to leave. The day after I decided to leave, my life became a living hell. I couldn't sleep and my mind felt sapped. I was entirely at peace with my decision, so I knew something strange was happening to me. After a few days of this, two of the graduate students began reaching out to me, Eugene and Brandon. I barely knew them, so it seemed unusual they would contact me. When I went to see them, they both kept pointing their finger at me, saying, pew pew, like they were shooting a gun. They did this over and over, and I kept wondering what their problem was. Now Kyle has a little side note here that says, Months after I left Houston, I was told that Eugene and Brandon were not human. They were tasked with making me into, and I quote, the next school shooter, as they called it. I imagine this is why many of our school shootings take place. This is what Kyle says. All right, so then Kyle continues on and says, Things slowly improved after I stopped talking with these two individuals, but I was mentally exhausted. I tried to figure out what to do with my life, but I could hardly think. Eventually, I left Texas and started applying for jobs all over the country. A few months later, things took a strange turn. In spring of 2015, I finally secured an interview with a food company. I thought I was about to get something going with my life, but I was wrong. I couldn't sleep at all the night before my interview. I literally stayed awake the entire night, which had never happened to me before. I looked unrecognizable in the mirror the next morning, and my mind felt sapped worse than it had in Houston. Needless to say, the interview did go well. I couldn't think, and I had an extreme difficulty with normal conversation. After the interview was over, I suddenly felt fine and looked perfectly normal. I slept great that night, then made my way to the airport the next morning. This is where the story gets weird. On the plane ride back home, my seat was taken. I asked the flight attendant, and she directed me to a new seat. 
Once I sat down, an older gentleman in front of me kept glancing back until he got my attention. As he kept looking back, my head began to hurt and tingle. The moment my head began to hurt, his lips curled up into this evil-looking smile. The pain and tingling in my head continued for the rest of the flight and got more intense as time went on. Every time I felt it, the man would start taking notes in a notepad. About halfway through the flight, someone else in front of me held up a newspaper that said, Psychic Reading, for like five minutes straight. It was blatantly obvious they were doing something to me, but I didn't know what. Once we landed, the older gentleman kept showing me his track phone, as if to say, get one of these. I had applied to several government agencies before this happened, so I thought this might be their way of contacting me. Out of curiosity, I decided to go buy a track phone. I checked it every day to see if anyone messaged or called. About a month later, I got a text message from a man named John Padula. He invited me to come to church at the altar. A little side note real quick. This altar church is the same one where Tim Remington was the pastor at. The one, you know, that Kyle shot. Just a little FYI moving forward. It seemed like a strange place to be recruiting for government jobs, but I went anyway. After I got there and went inside, something felt very wrong. I felt as if my life was in danger and I became so uncomfortable I had to leave. A couple days later, I started receiving text messages from Tim Remington. At first, they were innocuous Bible messages, but then he started threatening me. He sent messages talking about their power and other things. He did all of this through Bible verses so it would not look suspicious. I ignored everything until he sent one final text message, which simply said, Angels. I thought nothing of it until helicopters started flying around my house all day and all night. At this point, I knew I was in trouble. I knew I needed to contact them, so I made an appointment to meet John Padula for coffee. Little did I know, he had no intention of meeting me. After making the appointment to meet John, something very bizarre happened. I received the most unnatural erection I've ever had. <laughs> Was what not expecting hell? that. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, okay, so from here on out, it's going to get weird, okay? As if it wasn't weird already enough, but... Yeah, okay, so he's just received the most unnatural erection he's ever had. He goes on to say, It felt like someone was manually pumping blood into my penis. I don't know how else to describe it. Immediately after that happened, a song began playing in my mind. The lyrics went, Sister, sister, he's just a plaything. We want to make him stay up all night. I had never heard this song before, and I had no idea what it meant. I tried to ignore it and kept searching for jobs. A few minutes later, the song quit playing. Nothing else happened until I tried to go to sleep that night. As soon as I got in the bed, the song started again. Sister, sister, he's just a plaything. We want to make him stay up all night. As it turned out, they weren't kidding. I got literally zero minutes of sleep that night. Every time I started to drift off, I was woken up violently, then the song would play. When the sun came up, I gave up on trying to sleep and got out of bed. 
I was relieved at first because the song had quit playing. I thought the torture was over until a voice entered my mind. The voice said, You're going to be uncomfortable. All you have to do is breathe. I sat there wondering what this meant until the voice spoke again. It told me it was going to be sacrificed like Jesus and get beheaded. This threw me into a complete panic. My heart began racing and I started to have a mental breakdown. A few minutes later, some man knocked on my door. I answered and he gave me a pamphlet talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. My mind started racing out of control, and I became completely delirious. I thought for sure I was going to die. My thoughts shifted to my family, and all I could think about was seeing them again. They were in Albuquerque at the time, so I decided to buy a one-way ticket there. When I reached the Spokane airport, my panic subsided. Everything was fine until I got on the plane to Albuquerque. I sat next to this huge man who kept telling me, telepathically, that he was going to crash the plane. <laughs> it's gotta be. Jesus Christ. Imagine sitting, sorry, imagine sitting there and thinking somebody's communicating with you telepathically saying, the plane's gonna crash. The plane's gonna crash. It's already a fear of mine. I got the tower card in one of my readings recently and I was like, oh, f why do you have to show up right before I'm going on a plane? A tower card? Like 9-11 towers? Well, no, for anyone that's into tarot and stuff basically it's a card telling you that your whole life is about to go through a major shift it's usually like everything changes it's a a sign probably that i'm not doing something i should be doing and the universe is taking it upon itself now to make it happen because i haven't been seeing the signs it's a whole thing oh, okay cool all right yeah every time after he spoke he would sniff i didn't know what to do so I just sat there trying to stay as calm as possible. The man became angry about this and started touching my leg. <laughs> Boy, let me oh sniff you. God. Let me sniff you. <laughs> oh, this seriously makes me think of that scene in Euro Trip when they're in the uh, train. Uh, it, it, every time he's a little closer and there's like hands on him when they go through the darkness of the tunnel. Like, oh, oh yeah. And he keeps saying, classic. excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me. And somehow he keeps stripping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The second he touched me, I could feel him inside my mind. This caused me to panic until I was on the verge of causing a scene. Before I did anything, he told me to calm down and said, You did a great job. You passed. Go enjoy your family. We have a job waiting for you when you get back. I thanked him and felt slightly relieved but I had no intention of contacting him at all. My question is, now, did this guy communicate this, you did a great job, you passed, go enjoy your family, we have a job waiting for you to get back. Did he communicate that to him telepathically, and then Kyle just went to him and said, thank you. And well, imagine that some <laughs> random dude walking yeah. up to you saying, thank you. <laughs> Anyways. That's a good question. <clears throat> it is. All right, so Kyle continues on and says, after getting off the plane, I headed to the baggage claim. A huge group of them surrounded me there. I watched them cautiously. Then, they all began sniffing at me. <laughs> Sorry. Alright, so Kyle made a little side note here in his manifesto. He said that the, uh, the sniffing is something that they do all the time. 
and then he thinks it has something to do with dominance. So, just a little side note. That just that just tells me Biden's a alien. Maybe, maybe he is. Mm-hmm. All right. So Kyle continued and said, "When I finally got my bag, I left the airport as fast as I could. My parents were right outside waiting to pick me up. I was so happy to see them again. I gave them big hugs and told them how much I loved them." This was my last happy moment in Albuquerque. They followed us everywhere we went after that. Whenever I saw one, they would sniff at me to let me know it was them. They would also smile, laugh, and stick their tongues out. Sound like children. Yeah. As time went on, they started coaxing me to go outside alone. I was scared to death they would kill me, so of course I refused. Eventually. They threatened to harm my family, which caused me to give in to them. I told them I would do whatever they want if they left my family alone. They responded by saying, go to church. I knew what they meant, the altar. So I agreed to go when I got back. When I went to the altar for the first time, the people acted very strange. It was unhuman. As I walked into the sermon room, everyone stared at me, and began sniffing. <laughs> Can you t- they look back. Sorry. It's so hard to keep a straight face. And it's going to get even harder. Needless to say. I was scared as hell. But I took a seat. When the service began. A man came and sat down next to me. After he sat down. I began smelling something. It was a smell I had never smelt before. The only thing I can compare it to. Is a reptile and vinegar. After smelling it, I became very uncomfortable. I tried to remain calm and just sat there quietly until the service was over. And when the service ended, they said, You can leave now. After that, I knew I wasn't dealing with the government anymore. I realized that whoever I was dealing with was extraterrestrial. So I became very scared. I received no further instructions from them after that. So I began applying for jobs again. Even though I had done exactly as I was told, they still followed me everywhere I went. As time went on, they started harassing me day and night. I began to hear voices more often and I began to hallucinate things that I knew weren't real. They also started playing with me sexually. Both the males and the females would play out their sexual fantasies in my mind. This came with random and uncontrollable erections as well as extreme anal stimulation. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Those those aliens are some freaks, man. Mm -hmm. They're some freaks. I always knew they were. They did have what, sex slaves earlier, he was saying? So. Yeah, well, they just just get, they become more freaks, man. You'll see. They they get down. All right. Oh, man. So the harassment continued for weeks and intensified as time went on. I did my absolute best to maintain my sanity and tried to avoid them. This worked for a while, but eventually, I had a huge meltdown. One day, I was in the bakery at Safeway when I got surrounded by a bunch of old men, and then some of them looked at me, he says, and sniffed, so I knew it was them. They started stimulating my penis and anus simultaneously, then spoke aggressively. They said, Humans are nothing but the result of a successful genetic experiment. 
You are a threat to the way these people think, and you can no longer be free in society. Your life is over. You are nothing but a toy. Your purpose now is to suck their penis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Man, keep in mind, this is in the middle of Safeway, and this group of old men come around him like a, and just start mo- uh, assaulting him in the middle of the store. Sexually, yeah. At least this is what he claims. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I mean. And sniffing at the same time. The only time I ever see a group of old people together is when they're together having their cup of coffee in the morning at like six o'clock in the morning at like McDonald's. Don't you? Maybe you aren't up early. I'm just kidding. You're up before all of us. Um, so anytime you go to any restaurant in the morning, even through COVID, they still tried to keep doing this. It's amazing. This cute little elder society come together and just chit chat and enjoy their their coffee. And when I worked at Hardee's and any restaurant or any fast food place, you always knew you had your group of people that came in in the morning just to enjoy conversation. When COVID happened, I have a McDonald's across the street from where I live. And there was, they would all be in the parking lot in their lawn chairs with their cups of coffee, still keeping their friend group together. So that was pretty cool. Nice. They continue to say other explicit things that were so obscene, I won't repeat them here. Before they finished talking, I became enraged. It took every ounce of willpower I had not to kill them. I left the store and tried to calm down, but it only got worse. The rest of the night, they continuously stimulated my penis and I couldn't stop ejaculating. (laughs) Sorry. God damn. Oh my goodness. All right. Man, I'm telling you, these aliens are freaks, man. They're freaks. All right. It got to the point where I was in serious pain. They finally stopped after I broke down and became completely distraught. Quit stimulating my penis. Oh, God. I knew I couldn't take any more, so I attempted suicide. I filled a charcoal grill with lit coals, put it in my car, and rolled up the windows. I reclined my seat, laid there calmly, then fell asleep. I should have died, but they woke me up in an extreme panic, which caused me to get out of the car. As I slowly regained consciousness, I felt very upset to still be alive. I had no clue where to go to at that point, so I decided to check myself into the VA. They shipped me straight to the mental ward, and I was admitted. Nothing improved while I was there. The medication they gave me did absolutely nothing. I just sat there surrounded by a bunch of psychotic people and became exasperated. I knew their goal was to ruin my life by making me into a crazy person. I became determined not to let that happen and I started fighting back. After leaving the VA, everything I tried to do with my life was sabotaged. They didn't want me dead, but they also weren't going to let me live. In desperation, I went back to the altar to ask them what they wanted me to do. I didn't know what else to do. At the altar, they told me, We want you as our sex slave. Thinking they were serious, I sat there, waiting for them to do something. All they did was say, Keep coming to church. So he did actually go to the church. After a few more services, I found myself talking to Tim Remington face to face. He was telling me that I should consider becoming a minister. We were in mid-conversation when he suddenly revealed himself to me. 
I have no clue how he did it, but it looked as if his human face became his real face. It happened for only like a second or two, but I was able to draw a sketch of what I saw. His eyes really stood out, so they captured my attention. They were huge and bulging. The eyelids were darker green, and the irises were yellow or brown with slit pupils. After witnessing this, nothing else happened. I continued attending the altar for a few more services, waiting for them to do something. They did nothing except tell me to submit and surrender. I had no clue what they meant. So I left the church and I never went back. After leaving the altar, they gave me some breathing room. They held back on their harassment and I began to recover. I decided to make one final attempt at normal life by pursuing a career as a pharmacist. I started taking classes at NIC to finish up the prereqs. I also started volunteering at a local pharmacy. Unfortunately, they followed me to school. There were several of them in every class I took. They made it impossible for me to study, and they continually harassed me, especially while I took tests. Even with all of this going on, I still somehow managed to get an A- in A&P during the fall semester. Sadly, my success was short-lived. The pressure this semester, spring of 2016, is far too intense. Every time I go to class, they start manipulating my brain until I go into a blind rage. Sometimes they suppress my brain until I begin to black out. They also manipulate my heart rate and flood my body with adrenaline over and over again, making me extremely uncomfortable. The females stimulate my penis when they are close, and the males stimulate my anus. It's incredibly exhausting. So, okay there. So the, uh, so the... Male aliens are, you know, they swing both ways. It seems like that. Oh, good for them. There's you know? no no labels or divisions where they come from. I could just imagine this manifesto coming over to the White House and then whoever it is that's like reading it, whatever. And, and they're like, this is really weird. Then they give it to someone a little higher up and then it goes a little higher up. And then they're like, God damn it, Carl. I told you, you need to stop touching these people like this. And, like, they already know exactly who's <laughs> the, the culprit of this. So, yeah. It's like some alien Cor- erotica shit we're reading. <laughs> it is, honestly. Someone's getting some material today. <laughs> I struggled to pass my test, so they couldn't blame this on me failing out of school. I want to continue, but I simply cannot. Every moment I spend in the classroom is absolute torture. The classes themselves are extremely difficult without all this added pressure. The worst part is I received an interview for ISU's pharmacy program. Since I cannot continue with the classes, there is no reason to go to the interview. My chance at a normal life has been ruined. They've also been depriving me of sleep, so I don't have the strength to continue. I was too smart for my own good, so so they decided to remove me from society. They were worried I might change the way other people think, which would lead to problems. Problems in the form of scientific revolutions. If we get much smarter as a species, we are going to become a threat to their existence. If you talk to me in person, you'll see that I'm not crazy at all. 
The Martians are just so good at hiding in plain sight that no one would know they exist unless they revealed themselves. They are able to fool us so well that what I'm saying sounds impossible. However, they are 100% real. Realize their technology is millions of years more advanced than ours. Think about that for a second. Think about the advancement we have made in the last hundred years. Once you've done that, try to imagine what millions of years of technology would look like. The president is well aware of them, which is why I wrote him a personal letter. I hope he does something about it. I have done nothing wrong to deserve what's happened to me. I tried literally everything to find a job, and they sabotaged me at every corner. Initially, I thought the right thing to do was kill myself. After attempting suicide twice, it became very clear they weren't going to let me die easy. My last resort, suffocation, no breathing. My last resort was to take actions to bring this to the public's attention. I hope something good comes out of it. Just realize that I am a good person and I am completely innocent. Also realize that the people I killed are not what you think. To make it very clear, Tim and John were not wild human beings. All right, just a little FYI. He mentioned Tim and John from the church, but he only shot Tim. I'm guessing he wrote this part of his manifesto before shooting and just didn't edit this part whenever uh, he didn't get a chance to actually shoot John. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm kind of guessing too. All right, so going forward, Kyle says, wild humans equals normal people like you and I. Tim and John equal minds were controlled from birth by Martians. It's hard to imagine, I know. Nonetheless, it's all true. Why would I give up a career as a pharmacist to do this? Why do you show a pharmacist as your career when you were going to go to school to get your PhD? You should be talking about that one, not your pharmacist. Like, why would I stop going to school for my PhD? For, you know, whatever. Pharmacist doesn't seem that important right now. I left out many details from my story, really, because they were pretty detailed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wanted to write only the most critical events in order to make it coherent. If you want to know more, like how I discovered there are multiple species of them, feel free to write to me. So uh, that was the story of Kyle Odom, straight from his mouth. Now, his manifesto didn't end there, but due to time constraints, we're going to hit some highlights. So one of the first highlights we're going to cover is the brain and behavior. And uh, Kyle posted a detailed section about the Martian's brain and behavior. He states that he observed their behavior for a while. Consequently, he has been able to make several deductions about them. Their primary characteristics include that they are hypersexual, they are hyper-aggressive, they are fearful and paranoid. I mean, why would these beings be fearful and paranoid? I mean, if they could seriously do all this and they have technology that is millions of years old, why would they be fearful and paranoid? Hmm. Is there something else out there that we're not aware of? That rules over them? I don't know. We can talk about that during theories, I guess. Oh, yeah. Could be. Could also be the unpredictability of humans. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. They're not constantly in their true form. They're always hiding themselves. Yep. All right, Anna, do you want to talk about the God section? Certainly. 
Another highlight in this section, Kyle explains God's, God and Martians. So he says, Martians are responsible for the God myth. Martians may have created humans, as they claimed, but they are certainly not gods themselves. They are just another intelligent species that evolved on a neighboring planet. There is no God. There is no heaven. There is no hell. Earth is as close to heaven as we'll ever get, and we are letting the Martians ruin it. They are going to destroy Earth just like they destroyed Mars if we let them. Our survival rests in their hands for the time being. Hmm. That's pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I need to cleanse myself now, just saying that there ain't no God. Like, I don't even like saying that there ain't nothing, there ain't, ugh. Bad juju, cleanse. <laughs> I know there's right. an energy source. I know that there's something more. I'm just All reading right. a document. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you want to tell us about this next section? Yes. Next section is about a picture. Another thing that Kyle attached to his manifesto was a drawing of these beings. And then we got some pictures that we'll post. Yeah, they, um, ugh. So, okay, so the picture he drew, how would I describe the shape of his head? Looks like a coconut with a mohawk. Yeah. It's like a kid boo. Imagine boo, kind of. Skinny version of King Didi off of Super Smash Bros. Penguin-looking guy. Mm. <laughs> it does look like like that, yeah. Or like a Homer Simpson with a pointed head. Yeah. Mm. You know, he has that big mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's got like cat eyes, and he's like black skin with kind of like green eyeshadow on is what it looks like, and a big mouth with the nose is just open holes and cat eyes. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> it look really looks really weird. You want to explain the next picture, Dan? <laughs> just his teeth. It's it's the oh being's teeth he drew a picture of. Oh, my God. He drew a picture. That I guess it's just top teeth. It's six of them, and they're pretty spaced out. So there's pretty big gaps. Let's see. This is what their teeth look like. Elmo rules the world. Oh, That really says Elmo? Oh yeah, he God. really said that. Something... Elmo rules the world. That's something they kept saying to him. Oh, I assume that because their head looks like a puppet or a Muppet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, what that thing looks like to me is Pac-Man on meth. Yeah. 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 Pac-Man on meth. 100%. <laughs> God, that's... <laughs> they got big gaps between their teeth. For real. And he's like deflated. Yeah. Now, this is Pac-Man with teeth that's on meth. So, pretty much, you know, yeah. the opposite of what really happens when you get on meth. <laughs> All right. You want to cover this last thing, Anna? So, one of the last things that Kyle had was this list of high-up political people that are supposedly these Martian beings that he was telling us about. Some of the people he lists are like uh, Senator Mitch McConnell. How about Senator Elizabeth Warren? Nancy Pelosi sound familiar to you? There's a lot more, too. I believe that last one. Well. <laughs> I believe all three of those. I can right see, here. yeah, for real. Fucking Mitch McConnell. He looks like a turtle, man. I like turtles. Just not that one. But see, that's, that's, what, that's what that fucker looks like. I was trying to think of what 
coconut mohawk looks like. He looks like a Ninja Turtle from the yeah. TMT, uh, the not cartoons, the anim- the you know live action, whatever. Yeah, it does it looks like a Ninja Turtle, don't it? And I always thought Mitch McConnell looked like a Ninja Turtle too. So they kind of fit. You right. So Kyle did write a short statement under the list that says, "This is by no means an all-inclusive list. Martians are ubiquitous." They exist at every level of society in every nation. Some have blue-collar jobs, while others occupy positions of power. They control our government, our military, and corporate America as well. They keep track of every wild human on Earth and manage us like animals in a zoo. Our freedom is a carefully crafted illusion. Mm. It's like he says some really crazy shit, but he's also like kind of on point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. When he says keep track, it always makes me think, oh, this is only for the United States, but social security numbers. Tracking. Social security numbers, tracking the wild humans, right? Every time you're born, you Cell get Cell phones. Cell phones, yeah. All right, so uh, that was pretty much his manifesto in a nutshell. Um, so let's go ahead and hop over to the current happenings with him. So, Dan, you want to tell us uh, what Kyle Odom's up to right now after he, you know, did what he did? All right. So after Kyle threw his documents over the White House fence, like we talked about, he got arrested by the Secret Service. In July of 2016, four months after shooting the pastor, Kyle pleaded guilty to felony aggravated battery with a felony firearm enhancement as part of a plea agreement to keep his sentence as not more than 25 years. In November of 2017, though, Kyle Odom was sentenced to 25 years in prison and in which he would be eligible for parole after 10 years. He is eligible for parole on March 17th of 2026. All right. So what happened to the pastor? Well, he actually survived the shooting. He survived the fucking shooting. He survived it, which makes this extremely odd. Dude, he got hit in the head. With hollow points. Six times he got shot. Okay. But it gets weirder, too. Last year, on January 28, 2020, Tim Remington was appointed by Idaho Governor Brad Little as a Republican member of Idaho House of Representatives. He is now a politician and pastor. Has he ever had any political standing before he was a pastor? No. Ah, corruption. We're going to talk about a strange fact and finding that's next that involves the shooting. Okay, so before we get into theories, let's go into strange fact and findings real quick. One of the first ones we're going to talk about is Kyle's Facebook post. So after the shooting, Kyle changed his Facebook profile picture to the drawing of the being. And he made this post that said, Things are not what they appear to be. The world is ruled by an ancient civilization from Mars. Pastor Tim was one of them. And he was the reason my life was ruined. I will be sharing my story with as many people as possible. I don't have time right now. They are chasing me. I shot Pastor Tim 12 times. There's no way any human could have survived that event. Anyway, I have sent my story to all major news organizations. I have no time. I have to go. He's saying he shot the pastor 12 times. But all the news agencies and everybody is saying that the pastor was shot six times. He might have fired 12 times, but hit him with six of the bullets, which 
I mean, they're 45s. They're hollow points. They're made to freaking devastate your body, right? And they're saying that when he got shot, the bullet didn't enter his brain that it like ricocheted off his skull or something. I don't think he got shot in the head. I'm looking at like photos of like his recovery and stuff. It looks like just his shoulder and his right arm, but he has no bandage on his head. Literally, it's just like his right shoulder and right arm. Well, maybe that was something that Otto healed, right? So let's say this dude gets shot. He's an actual alien, right? He was shot. That can't be denied. So he has to show he was shot. So he kept the non-fatal wounds to look like, yeah, I was actually attacked by Kyle. But the one in his head, he just fixed it like one of those dudes from Men in Black when you like shoot their head and they fucking just like come back. Yeah, all these articles are saying that Tim Remington 55 was shot six times, including the head, lung, hip, and shoulder in front of the altar church. Mm. Yeah, he just regenerated his skull. Ugh, man, it's crazy. All right, so who wants to go on with the next strange fact and finding, which I find to be extremely odd? They are pretty similar. So this next one is... There's similarities between ancient cultures. So in ancient Sumeria, they had various ancient beings that they worshipped, that they claimed came from the stars. There is a carving of one of these uh, ancient beings compared to the drawing that Kyle did. And as always, we'll link the pictures that we have. But I gotta say, it is (laughs) really, really similar. Yes, extremely similar. I mean, he's got the slanted eyes, random thing on, I'm not even looking at the drawings, I'm looking at the figures, like, why do they have this thing on the top of their head that looks like a mohawk? It's like a chameleon. Yeah. And they all have the same type of slit mouths. Oh, yeah. And wide shoulders, really wide shoulders, going into very small bodies. Hmm. They look like they'd be really good at stimulating the anus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, how odd is that, right? And it, and it just gets weirder with the next strange fact. Because not only was that found in Samaria, but this shit is found all over the world, man. Dan, tell us about Japan. <laughs> yeah, tell us about Japan, Dan. Did it work out just like this? Did it work out this way for you guys? <laughs> it did. It did. Here are some statues that were recently removed from Horyuji Nara Temple in Japan. And it's a lizard man. That is a lizard man that looks just like, well, I want to say just like, but look pretty similar to the photo. Mm-hmm. Not as much as the Sumerian ones, but pretty damn similar. And he's got like armor on. Body armor is what it looks like. Almost like a samurai. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why they wore those masks back then. The samurai masks. It wasn't actually just like protect their face. It was to hide their face. Ooh, that's a good theory. That's good. Um, our, next, our next one is another image. It's, a, it's just another example. It's a picture of a wood carving of a reptilian humanoid figure found in the Congo. It was made by the Lobi tribe. And just like the other ones, got the, the big freaking eyeballs, the mouths, the big heads, this one has more of a nose than the other ones have, but still in that same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know earlier you mentioned this as a similarity, but you weren't joking about it. 
so I'll talk about it now. But we know this is so left field, but someone did point out that the being did look very similar to Homer Simpson. Yeah, and then you got the Simpsons doing all the predictions. Could there be a connection there? Well, think of Marge. Her hair is a giant tower. Yeah. And Lisa has a very weird... They all have weird heads and shapes and hair. Yeah. Dang. I remember I learned to draw Homer, and I remember doing his mouth. And it is very reminiscent to this reptilian humanoid thing. This is weird. This is very weird. Because it's mostly the Simpsons that have the weird head shapes. Mostly everybody else is almost like normal, if you think about it. Yeah. You're right. Because, I mean, even, well, I guess like anyone related to the Simpsons, because Marge's sisters have really like out their hair, but mostly it's the, yeah, the head shape of the Simpsons. Hmm. Mm. I can't wait to do an episode on The Simpsons, man. There's yeah, got to be, be so much on them. It's going to be crazy. All right, Dan, do you want to talk about this last strange fact I'm finding before we hop into theories? Yes. So the last strange fact I'm finding we got is the pastor's shooting. One of the weird things about this, which we said earlier, is he had six forty-five caliber hollow points shot at him, and the guy recovered. Hell, the day after the shooting, they were reporting that he was conscious and in stable condition. Uh, it's just so odd. It is. Like, I'm trying to find pictures of, like, after the shooting and stuff. And I swear, it's like he's, he was never shot in the head. No. But they were saying he was. You got Kyle over here saying he shot him 12 times. So it looks like he definitely fired 12 shots. He pretty much unloaded his, the clip. But from what it says, it's six of those actually hit. But from the looks of it, probably three or four actually hit the body and that was it. Yeah. All right, so um, I guess let's move into theories. The first theory we're going to talk about is called uh, Gaslighted by the Government. So this theory is that the government was behind the entire thing, that Kyle Odom was some type of governmental experiment. They figured what best way to test the effectiveness of either like their new brainwashing weapon or whatever they had than to do it on an ex-military person who is smart and see how well it works. Somehow, the government combined this brainwashing technique to make the person, as in Kyle Odom, believe whatever they wanted them to believe, knowing that if he did write this manifesto and make these crazy-ass claims, that everyone would think he had a mental illness, which everybody thinks he does. Or... Maybe the government was testing out a new type of LSD or some type of new brainwashing drug or some type of radio wave frequency thing, weapon, that they can do voices or a combination of all that. And just like I said earlier, it was a new type of brainwashing weaponization of, of that. And the government said, let's see how well it works. And then they're like, well, he fucking shot somebody, so it worked very well. That's one theory. And he even thought that he was gonna he was being worked up to be a school shooter. Yeah. 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 And even there was one point in his manifesto where he said, It's not the government. I he knew he wasn't dealing with the government anymore, that he was dealing with extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. So there was a point to where he thought he was dealing with the government. Because he applied for a job thinking that this was just like testing to see do I qualify? 
can I handle all this weird tactics that they're throwing at me? Like, how am I going to react to this situation? And I think that's like when he realized it, it was definitely not the government when they started stimulating his anus. Yeah, I mean, you got the guy on the airplane, you know, after the whole flight, and he's just like, you passed. Mm-hmm. I could see where you thought it was like the government testing him and stuff. Yeah, and to add to more of this, like, um, brain technology, like putting like this weapon gun to somehow shoot thoughts into his head, um, the whole Jesus Christ comment that was made to him, you're going to be a sacrifice, like Jesus. And then immediately somebody knocks on the door and hands him a pamphlet about Jesus Christ sacri- uh, being sacrificed. I mean, what a huge coincidence right yeah. there. Or maybe it was the government who, I know this is pretty strange, but what if the government did do something like that where they modified his thoughts and then said, let's see how more crazy we can make him feel. Go send in an agent to act like a, a churchgoer and hand him a pamphlet to see how he freaks out or how he reacts. And then now we know if our weapon worked. Because if he freaks out, then we our implant ideas worked. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the way of them verifying it. That's a good theory. You know how like sleeper agents have like trigger words that like I guess set them off? Yeah. What if like sniffing was like a trigger? Anus and penis simulation too was a trigger for him? Yeah. You know, he was brainwashed and you know, they're like, what can we do around him that's, you know, not too crazy? You know, not to just randomly say like a trigger word or something like that. Maybe just just start sniffing around him. Okay, no, that would be kind of weird. Just just to go up to someone, just trigger him, start sniffing him. I mean, it would make you seem feel crazy, right? Yeah. Maybe they had this new type of drug, right? And they just kept dosing them every day. Like that one guy who got dosed by the government with the LSD for what was it like 180 days or something, and he ended up jumping out of a window. Maybe it was something like that, where they were giving him some hallucinogenic drug, and it started out good, and then it took a crazy turn. Well, because think about, at the beginning, he had these awakenings, if you will, and then he became, they went away, and he was super smart. He didn't even have to try in school. It was just effortless. And then it's like, maybe he came off that drug, and then he started struggling, because it's like doing Molly. I've never done it, or MDMA or whatever, where... That day you're on cloud nine, you can't be happier. You are so, so happy. And then the next day you are drowned out of happiness. Yeah, Yeah, because you give it all. What if that's the same thing with his intelligence? It like supercharged him while he had it. Like that movie. um, Limitless. Yes, exactly that. Good movie. Yes. So he ran out of his supply, even though he didn't know he was on anything. And was struggling in school and couldn't figure out what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And then smiley, sniffy beings come back and are like, here, give him a little dose. And then he tries to do something and he's okay for a while. And then, I don't know, he struggles. But I have theories too, but this that would be, I could see something like that too, as well. I know that there's this really obvious one <laughs> that people are like, it's probably more than likely this, but. We live in 2021 where anything's possible. So honestly, this is seems obvious, but it might not be. Mental health, you know, mental illness. That seems to be what most people think is his problem. Self-explanatory theory, but just to go into it, you know, Kyle Odom had a mental illness that he didn't seek help for. The combination of school, his life, and the stress combined, you know, with all the fun 
visuals he gets, played a key role in the rapid development of his mental illness. To add even more, schizophrenia develops when someone is between the ages of 20 and 30 years old. So that could have played a key role because he was in that age range. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a theory about schizophrenia. Ooh, okay. I've talked about it, I think, on another episode. And then the final theory that we have on this, this theory is that the entire thing that Kyle Odom claimed was true. That indeed the world is run by these Martians. That his out-of-body travel, sort of like Hemisync, he ran into these interdimensional beings and they harassed him and stimulated his anus. And that they control everything these interdimensional beings do. Kind of like on your Hemisync episode, Anna, how you go like different deep down the levels. Like maybe these beings are like on one of those levels. And they were like, hey, we've got a, this guy discovered us in this level. Yeah. Let's kick him out, you know. My theory definitely goes on more of the fact like this guy was meditating, right? Everything he talks about besides stimulation of special places, that doesn't happen. But to me personally, but things he's talking about at the beginning of, of his experiences of meditating having out-of-body experiences, seeing things, those are like everyday conversations with me and my friends. Like, that is normal. And I think that this shows you, could show you the difference between somebody who has no idea what they walk into. Because as I'm reading this, I'm seeing this as this is someone who was not protected when they were astral projecting, when they're putting themselves out into a world that they don't know. Kind of like what I was talking about with Hemisync in last week's episode, where it's a good thing, but I think because the government had it, it's become a bad thing. It's, it, it can help you, but it's tainted. So these beings are in one of these dimensions, a focus 15, whatever it is, like these beings are chilling in there, Dude goes to meditate has an, and ends up on their frequency and then th- creates an attachment to those beings. If he would have done like his whole ritual of like staging, protecting a barrier, blah, 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 he may have never have come across these beings. But because he was stressed and vulnerable and, you know, just kind of doing his own thing, you know, not everyone's spiritual in this world. So, of course, like this can happen to anybody but that he just ended up coming across the wrong kind of entity and it took control of him in all aspects, (laughs) including sexual pleasure. Because, I mean, I don't know. I've never met any beings yet that would love to do that to me. (laughs) Like, I'm not. That's not something I come across. (laughs) But, you know, I, I can see our government being run with or by martians extraterrestrials of some sort i don't really think he's that far off on left field on all this it might be a different he might have a different storyline because he heard it from one version but i think like the manipulation and the government and of course like brainwashing mind control is so prevalent I don't know. Could be a combination of aliens that knew about th- that were connected to the government and he just ended up on that wrong wave and they just fucked with him. Or, yeah, this guy is a bit crazy and took a fantasy that he saw in a Reddit article and was like, oh, I would love for aliens to stimulate my penis and anus right in the safe way. Ooh, dressed up as old men. Oh, <laughs> hey, maybe that was his thing, you know? 
You know, each their own, each their own, no judgment, but that's not, you know, it's not something I'd like, but whatever. Mm. It's not about me. It's about his anus stimulation. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan, uh, what are your thoughts on it? I I, want to hear your personal thoughts as to what do you think this could have been? Hmm. Maybe a combination of like gaslighted by the government and mental illness. I mean, he wasn't, he did do a tour over in Iraq, so he might've come back with some PTSD. And then, you know, who knows, government might have did something to him as well. But seems like he became paranoid, thinking that somebody was always after him or something was always after him. Yeah. And then, you know, just the fact that he kept thinking, I mean, there was a lot of coincidences that I really can't explain. You know, like at the cookie shop or whatever, you know, you have a group of like older gentlemen or Martians coming up and they just start sniffing you. Like, I can't explain that. That's just very odd unless he had a really nice cookie and they were stiffing the cookie. I don't know. It, it is very, very odd. I don't know how to explain a lot of the stuff, but I want to say that PTSD might be part of it. You know, he became paranoid. You know, my dad always had dreams, like bad dreams about stuff like that from the Vietnam War and all that. But never about Martians sniffing him, though. Not that he ever, not that he ever told me. Okay. What about you, Aaron? Tell us your stuff. Um, I would like to think that maybe he did make some communication with something while meditating. But the government has these people that monitor when somebody goes into like this, I don't even know what to call it, this realm while they meditate. And the government's like, oh, okay, Kyle Odom made contact with these beings. We have to make sure that he thinks these beings are bad because when he initially talks about these beings, when he meditates, he talks about them, him being scared, but then he talks about him being loved by them, right? An immense Mm -hmm. amount of love and everything was great for him and school was a breeze, but then it took a turn, right? So I would like to think that this being he initially contacted was good. The government said, we can't allow him to make any more contact via meditation we got to get him away from that. So how do we do that? We scare him. And they started to use their technology that they don't really tell anybody else about and start doing psychological warfare on him. So he doesn't do any more meditation and he stays away from it. And he thinks that these beings are harmful. That's really on point. That is like literally what I've been trying to tell people about hemisync too. Like you just put it in a really nice way. Oh, thank you. Of course. They they acknowledge that Kyle went somewhere he wasn't supposed to because they know so much more about the realms than we do. Yeah. So the, it's like a little doorbell went off or like somebody's over in Sector 472 and then you then become acknowledged, even though you have no idea how you got there. You just And it happen. may sound crazy to people that the government would know something like this, but they studied this intensively. Yeah. Back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, they yeah, were studying 23 this. years. Yeah. What was it? Project Gateway? It was uh, that, uh, a Stargate. Think of Joseph, Joseph McMoneagle went on 450 missions as a single person involved in this study, and he did go to Mars. So think about anybody else, how many missions they went on. And people think that we know everything about meditating we're we are like babies 
in learning the other realms, meditating, astral projecting. Our government is somebody is like a an entity that when they get a hold of something, they dive in, they reverse engineer it. They wouldn't know everything about it. So they would know the different dimensions. Maybe they can only go so far. Maybe they can only manipulate so many of them. You know, only so much. You could, you could go up and you could go down. And they probably control more of the lower level, the denser frequencies. Uh, kind of like we talked about in Hemisync. Because light beings would not at all deal with that type of stuff that our government's been working on. That's why you don't have good, you know, spirits in there trying to fucking population control and things like that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The government, they've had a hold of it for way too long, and they know exactly what they're doing with it. And poor Kyle. <laughs> I can't believe he got 25 years for not killing that guy. Still, though, they gave him a plea and was like, hey, look, you get a maximum of 25 years. Take this plea. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. Maybe I won't get 25 years. So like, boom, 25 years. But still, I mean, he gets out in 2026, so he's only got five more years. That sounds a lot like uh, last week's episode with Ross Ulbrich. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll tell you that we'll give you a lesser sentence, but I'm trying you for the whole thing. I mean, he did He did admit to trying to murder the guy, or Martian. So, I mean, like, the, all the manifestos and all that. So, I mean, it's not like he was going to get off easier. Yep. All right. So, do you got anything else you want to add to today's episode? Very interesting topic. Something I had never heard of. I'm going to be watching for people sniffing around me. I'm just saying. I'm going to come stimulate that anus, Dan. Oh, I'm just Watch, when we get on the plane next week, I'm going to be sitting there, and this guy, four rows in front of me, is just going to turn back and smile. Hold up newspaper. <laughs> Psychic yes. readings. Yes. All right. So that's the end of today's episode. So we would usually roll into Hans's on the scene, but like we've been saying for the past few weeks, uh, we will not have a Hans on the scene. And if you're not familiar with Hans is on the scene, it is where we have an on-the-field reporter, Hans, who goes out in the public and gets individuals' opinions and theories and thoughts on current conspiracy happenings. We actually ordered a new microphone for Hans, and it came in day before yesterday, but I forgot to order another piece for it, and that's coming in on Monday. So next week, we will have a Hans is on the scene coming to you hot and heavy. Nice. So, I guess that moves us on to shout out. All right. So, I guess I'll start off with shout outs then. We got a message from a user, A Comfy Bicycle. They said, why are there no ghost dinosaurs? I've never even thought about that. Why are there no ghosts of dinosaurs? Probably because they didn't exist. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Um, they didn't exist. (laughs) Uh, well, they say that old Nessie, you know, we were talking about how that theory that Nessie could oh, be yeah. oh, a, a ghost. ghost. Yeah. yeah. But that's a good question. Very good question. Maybe when yeah. you're alone and the earth shakes, that was a dinosaur yeah. stepping. Maybe that's what earthquakes are. They're not tectonic plates moving. They're ghost dinosaurs. Oh, having a rave party. Yeah. Anyways. Doof, 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 <laughs> All right. Doof. So the next uh, shout out is to Amy V. She sent us a message. Hello there, Aaron, Anna, and Dan. I stumbled upon your podcast on Spotify and I love it. Your humor is great. I love how each of you bounce off of each other. I can't get enough. Um, she says she sent her love all the way from, 
I'm pretty sure I cannot pronounce the town she's in, but I'm just going to say from the UK. So shout out to Amy V for that message. Shout out to Mr. Breakfast for sending uh, some great stuff. Uh, Melanie B said that uh, she just re-listened to all of our old episodes. Great show. She's all caught up. So great. Uh, so shout out to Mel- uh, Melanie B. Got message from James C. He said, "Can Anna have a? Uh, can you do a shout out for my mates Davy and Rab?" as they love the show as well. Scotland loves you. So you got to give them a shout out. Oh, gosh, yeah. Davey and Rab, what is up? Oh, you know what I had for dinner last night? Shepherd's pie, which is an insult, I know, because it was made with ground beef and not uh, (laughs) lamb. But next time when I eat my leftovers, I'll think of you guys. Nice. Nice. All right, so the next shout out is to Jessica C., Hello there, you guys make an awesome podcast. Question, though, is Anna really Sherilyn Yee? Because it sure sounds like it. Nope, I'm 100% sure she is not her. 100% sure she is Anna. (laughs) Yes. I know. Shout out to DJ Rule, said, I need you guys to know that you're all amazing humans. I love you all and very proud of you all. And um, Eduardo said love your podcast been listening since the hopi prophecy and just love everything you do i never miss an episode thank you eduardo shout out to dustin m molly h ebony and armory maddie from lectonshire uh bet you fuck up the pronunciation of lectonshire i bet i do too because i bet i just did uh just wanted to hear you do it twice too Discovered your show a couple weeks ago, and I've been binge listening to your podcast. You guys are great. Love how much research you put into it. Definitely best podcast on the weird I've come across. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Maddie. Love you. All right. So that's the end of the shout outs from Instagram. So, Dan, who do you have for Facebook? All right. First shout out goes to Teddy M. He sent me a picture of his uh, tattoo on his arm. It has the UFO beaming up Bigfoot and it says I believe love it oh yes but uh he said love listening to you all and dig the way you all present information just can't get enough of them knowledge nuggets thankful to have like-minded people like y'all give me something to fill my ear holes well and he said he wanted a shout out well there's your shout out buddy then the next one is from Chris G he's uh he noticed that the Silk Road was it the movie or show came out after we released our episode? No way. We're not going to say that was planned or anything, but it works out. It just in, it influenced the decision yes. on which one we should do. It wasn't planned. It was influenced. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, love the show, and that was too good up to pass up sharing, and he linked the advertisement for the Silk Road show or movie. But yeah. That's all I have for shout outs this week. Not many. All right, Anna, what do you got for Twitter shoutouts? All right, so Twitter, I'm going to shout you out, Sky. Um, so, interesting theory. But so Sky says, what if Earth is just a twisted take on some other planet's version of reality TV? And if it is, I'd like to have a message relayed to some alien in production. I already have a soundtrack, Sky. <laughs> She's got a playlist. <laughs> so, if you guys want to go to her playlist, find me on twitter um and then she says she went back to the fema and new world order episode 
because FEMA is all in her little hometown after the wildfires that summer. Mm. So, shouting you out, Sky, uh, Jordan East, Thomas, I know you know because <laughs> you definitely like to uh, bring me some cool information and we talk about all sorts of things. And I like that you dive into each topic that we go into. So, thanks, Thomas G, Jammer, uh, Jammer Ama. Welcome, welcome. Brandon, Richard Noggin, Callum Luke. We got a new follower, a new follower on Twitter. That's 8242. Found us thanks to Brendan Schwab. So appreciate you again, Brendan, for, you know, shouting us out. They have some amazing listeners from their podcast as well. So, um, Sean, or, or sorry. Stephen P. said that this podcast really helps uh, get back and forth with his commute to work. I have some emails. Darren, he asked if I've done any other podcasts. I have not done any other podcasts. He says that my voice makes it more enjoyable. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I want to shout out Joel. Appreciate you, Joel, with your messages. Um... I definitely still got to email you back, but I just wanted to let you know I appreciate our conversation, and uh, you're freaking awesome, man. Kevin, Kevin A., I know I shouted you out last week, but I know you appreciate it so much, so I'm giving it to you again, my friend. Um, Kevin K., man, I hope that you figured out what was going on with your Patreon. His card just will not go through, and I know like we can't do anything with payments on our half, right? No. I didn't think so. So I told him, I was like, dude, this happens every once in a while. Just, like, keep trying, but reach out to them. But I know that people have that every once in a while where their card just doesn't want to go through, but it's nothing on their end. It's just Patreon. Um, Kelsey, I had a really good laugh today <laughs> about uh, the story that you sent. Though Fake news. Yeah. It, I was going to say, it sounds like it might be a misunderstanding of who the culprit was in your story. <laughs> <laughs> but it still really made me laugh, and I was pretty pum- pumped about oh, it. Yeah. Kari or Carrie, I apologize if I say your name wrong, but the Patreon conversations we've been having, I appreciate you, and I look forward to like continuing that conversation, especially once you get on that Discord. Um, Chris, you just sent us an email this morning, dude. Uh, well, this is Thursday. Wait, no, it's not. Today's on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Time traveling now. What day of the week it is? Honestly. Um, Chris with a K, you know who you are. I loved your message. I know the boys loved your message. Comments like what you said in there just make us smile. Um, I appreciate you saying that I add stuff to the show and that you love hearing my thoughts and theories. I try to be your rabbit hole. <laughs> um but Dulce Base, that's probably my favorite Montauk chair journey that we did. Like, I cannot get enough of that Bigfoot coming in. Mm. Dude, I die every Riding time. Riding Bigfoot. Uh, yes, honestly, it was so good. And then we got a ton of amazing new people on Discord. I'm so happy the new feature is working. Everyone's getting invited perfectly. Uh, Murph Dog, welcome to the show, man. Like, I'm so glad that you're... Uh, making friends on the Discord. Uh, Alice in Wonderland is a new one that we have. I like that name. 
Haley against the elite. Oh, no, this one's better. Haley against the elite. That's what I'm talking about. I just saw her just nice. now. Welcome, welcome. Let's see. CJ, you know. You know. I hope you're having an amazing day and that you are making frames so swiftly. But don't forget, stick it to the man. But yeah, everybody listening right now, it. it's at work. I want you to set all your work equipment down safely and i want you to scream out f the man not literally okay remember boss makes a dollar while you make a dime that's why you need to shit on company time mm-hmm. just don't post that you shit on company time oh yeah don't. uh discordian man i hope you got yourself some nice fish when you went out yesterday uh i miss you theo we definitely need to get on the 5D chat and catch up. It's been way too long. All you guys, Pete, Nasty, Wraith. But yeah, you know, Discord, I'll be making an appearance, I'm sure, in the next couple of days. Let's get on a, a chat in the morning. You know, that's when I tend to get on. And let's just catch up. I miss you guys. I love all, all of you. And I appreciate you so freaking much. So I will make my list more organized next week for my shout outs. But for now, if I missed you, Message me. I'm going to start writing people down because this is getting hard to remember. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And and again, thank you for all your support. You are amazing, every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan and Anna, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. My anus, because you're not alone. Boom. Boom.